0: Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. Well, we had to go first this week. Uh, We're recording extra episodes, so I normally right. record the opposite, but it's fine. Yeah.
1: Um, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving? I am my Thanksgiving. Well, which one? I had three Thanksgivings. <laughs> All of the above. Um, so my first thing to was with my family. Um, we went out to a restaurant. Uh, it was very lovely. Uh, my great aunt, the 80 year old nun met Dan for the first time and is absolutely obsessed with him. Oh, um, she's a the bit, cat. Like it tracks. It's a cat. Right. Um, and we, and the bills won right when we sat down. For lunch, so like or I dinner or
0: whatever. Very confused. They started much earlier than I anticipated.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a twelve thirty game, yeah. which was what well, was Thanksgiving. So that's how that goes. Um, and then the second, and then from there, I Dan and I went to his dad's house. Um, so I had two Thanksgivings on Thanksgiving, um, but we. It was just Dan and his siblings and his dad and me, and we watched Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and we mm-hmm. played Apples to Apples and I had my first ever slice of pecan pie. Look at you! <laughs> what do yeah, you it think? Was... It was really good.
0: Yeah, I used to not like pecans, so I haven't had it. Mm-hmm. Um, my but it's my dad's favorite. One of my dad's favorite pies.
1: Yeah, I was like, um, Dan was like, yeah, my dad makes homemade pumpkin pie and homemade pecan pie. And I was like, "Mm, I don't eat either of those. He was like, what do you mean? I go, well, I I hate pumpkin. I love pumpkin pie. And I was like, he was like, but you like like nuts. I was like, yeah. I mean, I guess I was like, okay, I will try it so that your dad doesn't think I'm a fucking psycho. And then... But then I liked it. And so then after we knew it was safe, Dan announced to everyone that I had never had a all the things And then Friday, we did Thanksgiving with his mom's side of the family. And that was an adventure. Um, because... Like, a good I, adventure? Well, it was a good adventure, but like an adventure because like um, the oven broke. So oh, Thanksgiving, yeah. So that's when you needed it the most, exactly. But so, and we had a, like I think what twenty four pound turkey. <laughs> um. So his mom was literally cooking the turkey at his sister's apartment, which is down the street. Um, from her house and like panicking about not having turkey and like apologizing to everyone like a million times and then she ended up burning her hand on something because she was so stressed about the turkey and um it was like and it was just like Everyone was, like, having so much energy and, like, or, like, weird energy. And then, like, his aunt was sick. And this is now the fifth event that I was supposed to meet his aunt that she hasn't come to because she's been sick. And I was like, or I've been at work. And I go, so basically she's allergic to me is what you're saying. Yes. Um, to which his cousins were all like, no, she wants to meet you so badly. Like, don't say that. I go, mm, I get it. I get it. It's
0: <laughs> fine. fine. The word. Yeah. No offense taken.
1: No, I'm cool. I'm cool. There's a lot of people who are allergic to me, me
0: um, <laughs>
1: I'm
0: just kidding. That's why we have to record from across the state.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. That one time we were recorded together, never again. Oh, it's a rough time. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was good. It was good. Um. It's a, insane, though. Like I know that turkey makes you tired, but three turkey dinners in two days. I want to sleep for the rest of my life. Like, I'm still tired from it. Helps believe that. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Because it was a very different experience than mine. It
0: was. It was very unconventional. Um, but it was fine. I uh, I woke up and I was going to go to the parade because the best day highlight of my life is the parade. Um, and I felt like I was dying. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't feel good. I had sleep well. And I was like, you know what? I don't have anywhere to be till five. I'm going back to sleep. So I slept until like
1: two 30. <laughs> nice. But
0: all day. So, which is why I was scared when the bills game was on whenever I was waking up, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, this isn't meant to happen yet. I wasn't ready. I
1: wasn't ready.
0: That was the only thing I hadn't fixed for my fantasy. And I already had Josh Allen in, so it didn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I worked, and they fed us a turkey dinner, which was mostly nice, it was a little dry. I mean, mm. you know, it's turkey though. So, um, and then I got home, and my lemons that I'm sure I've mentioned before, Well, um, slightly, but I used to mention them a lot more. The lemons group that I met through, and that's why we drink uh, internet, and uh, we did a little Zoom, Zoomy Zoom call, and. Sure. I was half asleep, and I, Noel convinced me to get on anyways. And I just played my little Disney game while I chatted with everyone. It was so it was actually quite nice, surprisingly, yeah. um, for such like a weird Thanksgiving. I yeah. like my parents for like 20 minutes that day. Like it was just very strange, but it was it was nice. And um, I met John O'Hurley. The uh, I met him before. He's so nice. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was him at first. He was at the bar and um, I just sat them down. I was just like giving them drinks. I'm like so oblivious to like what's around me. Sometimes I just go to autopilot. Yeah. And, uh, this was like Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So I was like tired already. And um, I went to put the drinks in and Brian just goes, Mr. Peterson. And he just kept saying Mr. Peterson to me. And I was like, what is happening? Why are we having this? Conversation? What is going on right now? And he's like, Mr. Peterson from Seinfeld. And I was like, oh, also the dog show. <laughs> yes. But yes. So he was very nice. He was there with like, I assume his wife and other man and wife. Nice. Um, but yeah, so it was it was fine. That was fine. You know, just, just chill. You no, know what yeah. happened. Yeah. You know what else is pretty chill? Listen. Spirituality. Not the people outside my door, let me tell you that, because no. I don't know if you can hear them. I cannot. They are causing a ruckus and driving me crazy. Oh, boy. New people who have moved in, and they are loud. Um. Anyways, that is my complaint for the it's,
1: day. It's okay. Um, even though we just said that, our spirituality is chill. Um, my spirituality cards are never chill. Great. So, that is nice. um, But today, the message is, um, get your shit together and go for a walk.
0: That's what I want to tell the people outside my door. That's what I think they should be told.
1: Perfect. And not to,
0: like, stomp up the stairs every day. But, yes, also, it is nice. That is what I did today. I was not feeling well at work, and I uh, ordered my lunch, and I just went for a little walk
1: and got my lunch, and I felt, like, a bit better. 10%, good. I'll say. 10%. That's, you know, that's something. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I'm, like, 75% better now. Maybe 80 So I'm, like, oh, really good um, other things that are thriving or are something, something. Bates Motel. This was a really short intro, so you're welcome, everyone, in case you yeah. really want to talk to us, because I don't know. I didn't have a lot to say.
1: It's totally um, fine.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, Bates Motel, in case you didn't know what you were here for, <laughs> season four, episode five, called Refraction, which is like apt, very apt title.
1: I don't, I don't even remember this episode. Like, I know as soon as I start looking at my notes, I will remember this episode. But, like, I don't know if that's an apt title because I don't know what
0: happened. It's about a a window that refracts light.
1: Oh. Okay, yeah, no.
0: (laughs) Yes. That is the, um, that is the description of this episode. Window that reflects, that refracts light. Um, very interesting. Um, so it aired April 11th, 2016. It was rated 8.2 out of 10, The which is, is fine. I don't know. No problems there. Um, The number one song was Still Work by Rihanna. However, okay. the number one movie is, is The Jungle Book. I
1: assume it was the live-action one. because It, it was sure the- was, because that kid who was in the live-action Jungle Book came to do press for the movie at Animal Kingdom while he worked there. Ooh. And he was a fucking shithead. Oh, I don't feel bad about not watching the movie then. Yeah, no. Um, the movie was pretty good, but he yeah. was not. Not a oh. good person. I'm not watching your movie then, you stupid kid. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And the number one book, which I'm sure was actually very good, but I have not read it, is Fool Me Once by Harlan Colvin. I have not read it either. Yeah, and um, for those of you not familiar with Harlan Coben, if you've watched a thriller on Netflix in the past year and a half, it was probably written by him. I think there were like five that just got added to Netflix that he wrote the book for. So I haven't watched them yet, but they're very popular. People really like him in the thriller world. Um, on this day, only bad things happened. Um, oh, God. So I just didn't want to talk about those. So I talked about the one... I'll say good thing that happened. The CIA has announced on this day, but they will never waterboard again. One question.
1: Okay.
0: People. Um. As a reminder, it is indeed 2016, and it's like I guess better late than never, but maybe a little late still for that announcement. Maybe we should stop that a little bit earlier. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a new director for this episode. However, she is not new to Bates. Her name is Sarah Boyd. She has been an editor on like five of the episodes we've seen. Um, okay. So she's already been real entrenched. She's All known right. for a lot of big things. She's known for For All Mankind, The Boys, This Is Us. And she acted in an 80s movie called Old Enough when she was a kid. Um, she doesn't really done much acting since then. It seems that she's mostly just directing, but I mean, she's directing a lot of stuff and she was nominated for an Emmy for her work editing lost. Interesting. She's a got, got some, uh, good, good stuff behind her. I can't think of the word I was looking for, but, uh, yeah, good credits, I guess. Um, no new writers, nothing new there. I know that's shocking. Um, and because we didn't really have a lot of new people, I'm going to talk about Alessandro Giuliani, Okay, who was the interviewer at the, uh, manufacturer that, um, Dylan interviewed at.
1: I love it. He
0: has a lot of big credits and I do not know who he is. Um, I mean, I know the things he's been in, just, I haven't seen them all. So he's known for Man of Steel, War for the Planet Apes, Chaos Theory, and The Watchmen. Okay. Um, he is the only person to re- he's one of the only people to reprise their role multiple times. The role he had on Man of Steel is also the same role he had m- multiple times in the um, Smallville show. Everyone else was like one-off characters. So, good for him.
1: And yes sorry i was listening that whole time but i was also trying to figure out um timelines on things Mm -hmm. um because this is i think the first one that of our episodes that's in april of 2016 not march yes so this is the first episode that has aired since caitlin moved in in my 2016 oh. lifetime, so that's why I was like double checking because she moved in on the sixth of April into the apartment. So this is the oh, first. This is the oh, first Bates. This me. is the first Bates episode since I was in the sphere of your life.
0: Oh, uh, this is when we first almost came together. Yay. I love it. Um, well, don't worry because everything still comes back to Macgyver. Um Alessandro Giuliani was in MacGyver with Richard Dean Anderson. Perfect. And he was in an episode of SG-1 Mobius Part 1.
1: We have not watched that yet. And you were very frozen. Uh, well, I'm not anymore. Well, you're not anymore, which probably means okay. that I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> You're I'm, having, a
0: little okay.
1: I'm having I'm having internet issues, but also the recording's on my end, so who knows how it's going to turn out. Right? Did you Did you hear me?
0: I heard you. Yeah. Excellent. Then that's all that matters. That means everyone else also will have heard me. Perfect. you're welcome, everyone. So <laughs> we uh, can't get enough of our crossovers between Bates Motel and Stargate SG One.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I. Don't know that episode. It said it came out in 97, but then it said it came out in 2005.
1: So you know, it was a theory. Well, very... no, it's because it's the show came out in 97, but that episode came out in 2005, which means that's not till season nine or eight or nine.
0: So we're going to remember this guy nine seasons from now. Seven seasons. Absolutely, we will. Just we're wait. <laughs> I don't I even. Know. Remember,
1: I barely remember him, and I watched this episode yesterday. Look, this is the one thing I'm going to remember <laughs> for the
0: rest of my life. I will forget everything else I've ever known. This guy, Alessandro Giuliani, good, fantastic. Good. The one thing I'm
1: home for. Um. So, are you ready? I'm so ready. Well, we'll see if I am. Let's go.
0: I uh, I watched this episode yesterday. And I've had a lifetime since then. So, same. (laughs) Something gets left out. Please let me know. Um, So, we start with a recap. Um, Just, you know, of what happened in the last episode. Nothing. Nothing new. Um, But it did make me wonder, does Norma still not know that Alex and Norma are married? That eventually gets answered. But, correct. He does not know. He does not, Maybe, I don't know. So we start at the Bates home and they are cleaning out their mess. And I think, I think I predicted last week that it was Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was Rebecca, but I still thought that'd be in this episode. Um, And then I also realized there's so many things that like we know That I forget the characters don't know. Right. Like, Norman knows nothing of what's going on outside in the world. And then, like, Norma doesn't know Bob Paris is dead. Yeah. Like, it's, so many things keep coming up. I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't know that. I know that.
1: (laughs) But that's fine. That's called dramatic irony.
0: Love it. One of my faves. Um, Yeah, so she's asking about if it was Bob Paris. She thinks it was, and He's like, absolutely not. She's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, absolutely not. Well, yeah, you killed him. That's how you know. Fine.
1: Right. She was like, I don't know. She was like, if it's not Bob, I don't know what it is because I haven't gotten any more trouble. I've been too busy marrying you. (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) She's like, I just don't know what I've done. He's like, well, first of all, it's absolutely all my fault. All of this is because of me. He's like, but that's all you need to know. And uh, so she gets in her car to go drive and the song is like so fitting like in a not fun way I guess yeah not fun for a normal way um because she's being followed and it's like a you see her she's so happy and it's like a bit of a happier song but like the lyrics are really like not happy I think I think they were sketchy I meant to look up the actual like lyrics of them but it's called i think it was called how long something and it was just real sketch and uh she's once she learned that her favorite window had been broken out so she's going to the hardware store to replace it and we learn right before the credits that chick is following her because chick is when i first saw the car i was like who the fuck is that Right. Like, who do we think is going to follow her? I was like, uh, maybe Rebecca, but, like, she doesn't feel like she's the type to follow someone. You
1: know. Well, not only did she not feel like she was the type to follow, that car did not scream Rebecca. Right. No. Like, that car was clearly, like, a fucked up, beat up car. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And then when we're in the hardware store and we see that it's Chick, I was like, no, what the hell, Chick? Just stay away from her. Just mind your business.
0: Go about everything's over. Your dad Dylan's moving on. So he's not in your area of business anymore. Norma's not involved. Let it go. Just
1: let it go. But Although the reason he doesn't let it go, or at least the reason he's saying he isn't letting it go, that he says later were facts that I don't know if they're true. And I also didn't know that they haven't. We'll get
0: there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, so then we have our like two and a half second credits, mm-hmm. and we go to Norman. And he, last time we saw him was at the end of the episode, he was in the car with Dr. Edwards, mm-hmm. and he was saying he was medicine, he knows he needed help, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so when we start with him, he's discussing his blackouts very rationally. It's like night and day literally between like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how rational he's being and how accepting he's being of what he knows is wrong and uh so he's he's asking about like his childhood he's like we've never really talked about your childhood tell me more and he starts talking about his mother and he's like he was like you know we just have a typical relationship and i was like you absolutely do not have a typical relationship Yeah,
1: i literally wrote nothing about your relationship is typical absolutely not, not not one bit of it and our good doctor,
0: Edwards, yeah. he uh, sees right through everything. He's like, why do you say it's typical? Why is that, like, necessary for you to say
1: He typical? was like, well, and this man, I am now officially a sin for Dr. Edwards. I love him so because, much. Because he immediately is like, is that important to you, feeling yeah. normal? And I was like... Yes, and he was like, not really. I go, no, literally it's the most fucking important thing in your whole life is to look and feel normal.
0: It's literally the only thing that you're, like,
1: worried about. Um, Norman creeps me out when he starts sounding like a 90-year-old man. Yeah. It's funny because I get mad when people's vocabulary makes them seem stupid. But Norman's vocabulary like makes me uncomfortable all well, of it's the also time. Yeah, of like,
0: well, yes, all the time, no matter what he's doing, makes me. But also, it's that thing of like when kids have trauma, they like end up aging faster.
1: Yeah,
0: and so like, I feel like that's. I don't know if this is just me reading into it, but it feels like maybe that's what's happening. Is like he's had to grow up so fast, but he's also very unstable. So, he's not done it in a healthy way, but he's got all of the, like, growing up he was supposed to do with, like, his wording of things. Yeah. But, no, I very much agree. Um, and Dr. Edwards is, like, I, I but he's getting to the real questions because he's asking him about all of his childhood and asking him about, like, him and Norma and... Uh, Norman's like, oh, she leaned on me. And it's like, no, you're a child. That's not right. how that goes. And, um, but you can also see, which was a good... Freddie Highmore, in these episodes specifically, like these newer episodes, his demeanor
1: mm-hmm.
0: blows me away. Because like, yeah. he talks, the more he talks about people treating Norma badly the more upset he gets. And you can, like, visually see him change.
1: Right. And,
0: uh... Before anything else changes, we go to Dylan and Emma. And, uh... They are just... precious.
1: They are... Too the precious. first thing I have to say about that is that um, I'm actually obsessed with the Dakota House. Not just the people, but, like, the Dakota okay. House because... Um, it looks like people live there.
0: It looks like I would live there? No, it looks like
1: people live there. Like, so many fucking houses on TV. Like, no one lives there. And, like, their house, it's not messy, but it's, like, cluttered and full of things and, like, clearly lived in. And that makes me happy.
0: Also live in the house, though. I, like, I I meant to look it up because it kind of looks familiar, and I don't know why, but then I... Forgot until just now when you said that, so I obviously did not get yeah. like it. Up. Um, but yeah, so Norm and uh, Dylan is taking Emma home and from the hospital, and when she gets home, there's a for sale sign on her house, and it seems no one has told her that they're selling the house, which is fine, I guess.
1: But no, they are moving now. It wasn't that. It, it wasn't um, that. It was shocking. I think it was just more of a like reality settling in kind of feeling because like which i totally get because like i was been so excited about moving and i'm in the new house but like every time i walk into the old house and it's empty there's just like a weird Mm -hmm. feeling in my gut because i just lived there for so long and like they're moving to seattle for her dylan's coming with her everything is great but there's something about just like seeing that really it like it's real they're selling the house it's not it it, it's oh like that chapter of my life is over that is a big feeling.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense. But I mean, it's also good for Emma. She's getting a whole new fresh start. She has lungs. She can breathe. She's going to Seattle. It's going to be an escape from this life. She's always kind of been trapped in. So, so then we go back to Norman and he, um, is very calmly again, talking to Dr. Edwards and he's like, do you think it's okay if I have a phone call to Emma? And he's like, oh, he's like, can I make a phone call? And he's like, oh, who are you calling? He's like, oh, my friend Emma. She just got a lung transplant. I just want to check in on her. And he's like, absolutely. Very rational request. Yes, you can call your friend.
1: He's like, oh, great. And I wrote, liar, liar, pinks on fire.
0: Absolutely. Yes, he is such a liar. And uh, he calls Norma instead, which it's a little scary because he's getting better a manipulation than he used to be. He, before he would have just thrown a fit about it. Yeah. But now he's like, knows what to say to get what he wants, which is not great when you're a psychopathic murderer. Correct. But that's fine. It's um, yeah. And when he calls, he like leaves this like really like almost Sweet voicemail for Norma. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm getting help, blah, blah. I miss you so much. And I was like, this is almost uplifting if we don't know how it turns out. Here's the thing.
1: And I have this note a couple times in this episode. The worst thing about this episode is that, no, not, th- not just this episode, but also some of the next one and some of the previous one, It almost feels like we're coming to a happy ending. Yes. And I get it that I also have the trepidation of knowing the movie Psycho, but, like, Mm -hmm. I almost wish that I didn't know that it's not possible for there to be a happy ending because things are ramping up so much to a happy ending that when it all comes crashing down, because it will all come crashing down, I'm going to be less devastated than I would have been if I didn't know that that's where I was headed.
0: See, while I definitely agree with that as like a concept, yeah, I think they're, the fact that they've given us so much more hope than we could have ever expected that's at true. this point also is going to make it really rough because that's the oh. point I came at it from. I think I made a note about that somewhere too. Um, that like we've had so much happiness in the past like three or four episodes like there have been difficulties we've I mean Norman is a character so like there have been difficulties things have gone wrong but for the for the most part they've all resolved themselves and they're all like coming to an ending that it's like, like there's no way this can go wrong and even when you know like how bad things are gonna get seeing how good they get first like I know that it's gonna get worse than I even think it could you know like it's yeah, going to just, like, they're setting us up for so much more. Like, I don't know. I'm expecting terrible things. Terrible things.
1: I mean, I genuinely expect no one to come out of the show alive except Norman.
0: Yes, yes. I, yes. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to guess he's the only one. Hopefully yeah. Dr. Edwards. He'll probably oh, die next. But probably. it's fine.
1: I like him so much and in a non-weirdly traumatically sexual way that um, he will be the next one to die. Like, that's just...
0: And, like, he's the only glue right now for Norman. Mm -hmm. Like, he's keeping him there and he's, like, not phased by him. Like, he doesn't just believe him. Right. And I feel like other people will believe him because he does seem a little more rational and uh so i feel like as soon as dr edwards is out of the way that's it's all downhill from there
1: yeah so. and it's like i'm like i love alex but also i'm logically aware that alex is problematic right and it's like and it's like we love dylan but also like at the end of the day dylan has done some fucked up shit yeah he's like, got a lot like my mom who does not watch the show with me just occasionally catches whatever episode I'm watching was like literally yesterday I was watching the two two episodes and she just goes now who's the guy that he killed again and my dad goes wait he (laughs) my dad goes wait he killed somebody because the last time my mom really watched an episode with me was the episode he killed Nick Mm, yeah and Dem's like, wait, no, he's a good guy. He killed somebody, and I was like, that. Oh, well, he yeah, also good.
0: hit the guy with the truck in the very beginning. Yeah, but neither of them saw that episode. Wow. Well,
1: but I was like, Dad, tough. I was like, Dad, no one's a good guy on this show.
0: No one comes out unscathed except Doctor Edwards. Correct. You're Yeah. <sighs> and then we go back to my favorites, Emma and Dylan. And this is like a ridiculously like cute and weird scene. Like I loved it and
1: I it's funny because you said it was cute and weird and I just wrote this is awkward as shit. But no, but they're like
0: young and they're like adorable and they're trying to like get their lives figured out. Neither of them really like knows what a healthy relationship is.
1: And she's like yeah, but she asked the doctor how long she could have sex with him.
0: Okay, well, we already know she's, like, sleeping with people. Like, so, obviously, that's one of her questions.
1: I know. But, like, man, you just got a lung transplant. Sex is the first thing on your mind?
0: Yeah, no. That's, it's
1: incorrect, but she's young. And she's mean, mean, what would, would, now. Would I also have asked the doctor that question? Probably. Right, but you and Emma are very different people. I mean, Emma are very different people, and I'm, like... Basically married. Yes, yes. They've been dating longer. So are they. (laughs) Yeah, but they've been dating for three weeks and they're children and they're like basically married. And I think that's my actual problem here.
0: Look, I am grasping any ounce of happiness I can find. (laughs) I want Dylan to do well and enjoy his life. And I want good things for Emma. And it means that they can be together and they can run away to Seattle and everyone lives a happy ending then great
1: okay i'll let you have this moment because it's the last happy moment you'll ever have just kidding (laughs) but no happiness ever again but they're
0: like going through she's thinking about her lung machine and how she'll never have to use it again and how uh she's she talks about how her scar is like essentially her new lung machine It's like now a part of her except something that she can't take off of her and she's super self-conscious about it. And Dylan's really cute about it. And he's like, well, look at all my scars. It's just part of life.
1: That does not happen even remotely yet.
0: That doesn't happen yet?
1: No. That happens way closer to the end of the episode because oh. I have a, I have a note about it, like, Forget on everything. the next page of my notes. Forget everything I just said. Okay. Erase no no, 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 this she leaves. He leaves the room and she goes to sleep, and then he goes to talk to her dad when he comes back. Is what the rest right. of that stuff happens. That's right, yes.
0: No, no one remembers. I said it correct. Um, so we go back to uh, Dr. Edwards, and he is talking to the sheriff again. I should have been more detailed in my notes. So I was like, "When was this?"
1: But no, he's talking yeah. to want it's it not. not, it's, not sure. it's not the sheriff, obviously. Because the sheriff is out. So he's right. talking to someone the in the police department. department. And
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he'd like run through, and he's like checking to see if Norma could have potentially murdered any of these people. And he like goes through the list, and he's like, "No." He's like, "Everything's accounted for." He's like, "One person is missing, and it was um, Audrey to Cody's." Ad- What's her name? Emma Audrey, Al- Audrey Ellis. Ellis. And uh, everyone else, like, has been accounted for as being killed like by he, someone else. He was, this. like, he was like
1: somebody, he was, like, Blair, he was, like, um, Bradley was a suicide. Blair's mm-hmm. murderer is already in jail, like, and, and Audrey has only been missing for a few days, and but she's not even from here, so we don't really have anything out for her, because she could have just gone back home. Like, we don't, mm-hmm. it's not... But Dr. Edwards has definitely sketched out the fact that all the names match dead people who died violently. like He he definitely is like, I have concerns. Right.
0: I do not have concerns that it is Norma, but I do have concerns. Yeah. And, um, totally fair. So, okay. So this is where we go to Dylan and Will. Yes. uh, they're chatting, and Will is trying to get him to stay for dinner, and he just... It's so nice. He likes Dylan so much. And he like almost feels like he's going to be like, you can't go with us. You can't do this. And then he's like, great. Here's a way to figure out your like, set up your job and everything. I was like, okay, you are in this relationship. You are ready for it to
1: go. Yes. Right. But also when he was like talking to him about how to like lie on your resume, I was like, I literally go, okay, well, no one checks references anymore. And this is purely because I was with Monica yesterday getting my hair done and um monica was on the phone with one of her friends who has a crazy ex who the crazy ex um basically like stalked this girl um and like got a job at her gym but like she's trying to like figure out how to get him fired not just because he's crazy and her ex but because like they clearly don't didn't call his references because he's on, like, multiple no-hire lists because of getting fired for, like, really fucked-up reasons. So, like, if this place had called literally any reference or any past job, they wouldn't have hired him. And I was like, well, because nobody fucking checks your references. The, you know, the only, the only people who check your references when they say they're going to check your references are pet adoption agencies, that's true. That's true. I've been contacted by a pet adoption agency. I have been contacted by pet adoption agencies for friends' pets before. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact, pet adoption agencies check your references. Employers probably don't. The the first girl who
0: kept Sadie here, whenever I first moved into Brooklyn, um, she put me as her reference because she had just kept Sadie, and I forgot her name. And they called me and they're like, "Do you know so and so?" And I was like. I don't think so. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, I don't know who's calling. And then I like thought about it. And I called them back and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I did not recognize the last name because she was my dog sitter. <laughs> I was like, so I just knew her by her first name. <laughs> I was like, but she's yeah. excellent. I was like, please give her a dog. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was very funny. I did. I was just like, no, I don't know that person. Okay, bye. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I do know that person.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. I lied. I was testing you to see who you were.
0: Right. I texted her. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I didn't realize that was you who put me down for a reference, but I called them back and told them everything is fine.
1: See, when when Teresa put me down as a reference for her dog, she, like, also texted me and was like, just so you know, I put you down as my reference for getting this dog. If they call you, please tell them that I should get a dog. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, my friends just have, like, a blanket. Like, my friends that I, like, have worked with just have, like, a blanket like, hey, I'm gonna put you down if I ever need a reference. So, like, just tell them I'm fine.
1: Which is, <laughs> okay. like, fine. Like, you can blanket put me down as a reference. Absolutely. But if you're going to do that, give me a heads up that you did it just in case. Because, like, I get a lot of spam phone calls and, like, stupid shit and, like, I don't right. answer things. And also, like, I have over 7,000 unread emails. So if there's somebody who contacts through email, I probably am never going to see it. So, like, please always use me as a reference, but also tell me that you did
0: yeah that's I was like I like my friend told me recently that she put me down as a reference um because she's applying for new jobs and I was like I was like I will try my best to answer my phone I was like I can make no promises but I will try my best the only reason I was like available by email for my like as a work reference was because the guy that I interned had it sent to my work email and so I like saw it because I go through those emails daily Mm -hmm.
1: that's true my work email has like four or five unread emails, and they're um, basically Google documents that students shared with me that I left unread on purpose so that I know that they're there when I go to grade them. My personal email. Elizabeth.
0: Enliss abyss. Enlissabyss. Enlissabyss.
1: Enlissabyss.
0: Yep. Same, same. My email, my work email just has a lot of red flags. I was gone for a week, and then I was gone for the holidays. I was like out for th- two days for the holidays. And I, like, I'm not even caught up from before I left for vacation. So I just have a ton of red flags. I'm like, I'll oh, get there. Literally, our, like, UK office emailed me, and she was like, I guess you're really busy, but I wanted to go ahead and send you this, because <laughs> I haven't responded to, like, any of her emails since I've been back. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I responded to all of them today. So yeah. we will be through the morning when she gets to work and has, like, a thousand messages for me.
1: Guess, um, which is probably sooner rather than later, based on what how is now. Damn definitely-
0: Five hours behind us,
1: right? I mean, God. ahead, of us the other way. Either five or six. A.m. A.m. Yeah, I think. Okay. Because mm, okay.
0: every time I go to send her an email, it's like, "Do you want to send this at the time their work starts at three a.m.?" I'm like, "No, please send that now." <laughs> so I, I would like them to get it when they get there. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So now. We are leaving our happy days of Dylan and all of the Dacotees and going to Norma. And this time it's not her fault. <laughs> yeah. um, she, this is apparently her favorite mirror in the entire world. And so Chick stops by to offer up his stained glass services, which is not a thing I would have expected to see.
1: Um. Here's a no This made me uncomfortable. Mostly because Chuck should not have been there. But more uncomfortable because I believed him. Like, right? Because I don't think that the things that he was saying about making art and, like, how he feels about making art were untrue. Like, I think he had ulterior motive for right. sure, but, like, I don't think he was lying. He was like, Um, mostly I do iron work, but, like, there's something about making art that is actually wanted and needed. And, like, I love working with glass, but nobody wants glass. So, like, I don't have a reason to do it. But now that I have a reason to do it, I will. And, like, and I was like, I just feel like nothing he's saying is untrue.
0: Right. Like, you're definitely saying how you feel about art. But also, Mm -hmm. you're doing it in a manipulative way. And that's exactly not
1: Not cool, bro. Yeah,
0: so, uh, yeah, so she just, like, lets him in because she's too trusting. After everything she's been through, you would think she would stop being so trusting. Right. No, she's like, great, come inside. I've never met you before. You followed me here. Great. And, uh, you look like you just, like, got run over by a car. So, you're the person I should let in.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um,
0: uh, and I just... I just feel like this is a moment that, like, if literally anyone spoke to each other, it would clear everything. Yeah. Because, like, if she just mentioned to Dylan that she has this chick guy fixing her window, he'd be like, yeah. oh, let me see all of the things that happened. Or if Dylan had been like, hey, I almost died this one time, so, like, watch out for this guy if he ever comes around. Like, literally, yeah. so many ways this could have been fixed. But they just don't talk to each other about the things that are important. But anyways, he tells her the reason he's so um, messed up is because he flipped a car, which is believable based on how he looks.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he's chatting about the window and he's telling her like he can do it, no problem. And then this last scene, this last shot before it goes to the next scene was so like ominous, but not it was so weird because the light hit in the window refraction and um, the way the light hit in the window kind of silhouetted them in like a way that was almost like everything's okay, but it went far enough back that you could see the darkness of the house and you could see like the taxidermied animals. And it's like, in theory, (laughs) this should be what we're focusing on. This should be the good moment. Everything should be okay. He's not hurting anyone yet. Yes. But when you back up, it's like, but don't forget, we're still in, like, worst-case yeah, scenario land. Absolutely. So, I was, I really liked that, the way that scene was shot. Um, so, <laughs> this is Dylan's interview with Alessandro Giuliani, um, yes. my new best friend. He, uh, I'm gonna find him on the social media, and he's gonna be like, this girl is insane.
1: Um, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so he's, um, like, doing his interview. Yes. Speaking of finding people on social media, though, I thought it was really funny um, because uh, um, there was on the post that Joel De La Fuente posted that shared that my Group was getting caught okay. back up, and, and I said that I was sharing it on podcast. Joel liked the post about me sharing it on the podcast. So I went and I, so I got a notification that Joel liked my comment. So I went and I looked at it and the comment under mine was from Evan Klansky, who was one of the first writers on the show. And he wrote like, and his, his comment just said, Oh, love that show. Such great writing. <laughs> and then, um, Paul, David, or Paul, David Francis, David Paul Francis, whichever the order. Of most, my real you're, yeah. you're a real bestie. Um, like commented laughing. I was like, yeah, man, Gotta give it to those writers. And like it was just a whole and then like Joel commented something stupid. It was like a whole joke between all of these people. And I was like oh ah. And it was like I can't believe that like I'm like close enough that I'm like reading this comment. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. <laughs> you are in the inner circle. I love it. I love it. Um but so, I, I just... yeah, sorry, I was going back to so oh. Dylan is talking to this man now. I love how Dylan and handles this conversation.
0: He's just yes. straightforward. He's like, "Look, this is my resume." And he's like, "Well, how does this help you?" He's like, "It doesn't." He was like, "I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm going to tell you that I ran a weed industry that I started from the bottom, and I had an office in like two months. I'm, yeah. I ran the entire industry. I started my own." It's. He's like, "I just want you to know, I'm capable of also handling this hops business."
1: And then this fucker goes, "Well, then why isn't it on your resume? Because it's fucking illegal, dude." Like, and
0: Dylan just looks at him and he's like, but he's like, it's not anything on the paper is going to tell you why I'm, why I should be here. Yeah. It's kind of people about a lot of resumes anyways. Yeah. Like that's, I got a lot of stuff on my resume and it is not, What's going right. to help me?
1: But like, and I feel the same way, like nothing on my teaching resume can explain to you the passion I have for those children. Like there's right. nothing that you're going to see on, in black and white that explains to you the connection I have with those kids. Yeah. How how can I do that? And that's like
0: me working, like all of my um, stuff on my resume is not going to explain to you that I'm going to work really hard when I'm there, that I'm passionate, that I'm good with people that yeah. are like, have the relate like I build relationships with people, which is necessary in our business. Like, yeah, those are all things that you just have to like meet people to find out. Like, mm-hmm. it's a personality thing; it's not a resume thing.
1: Yeah,
0: so, yeah. I hate resumes. I hate applying for jobs. I just want everything to happen as it should. Correct. Like so, kudos to Dylan for his not terrible interview, and to almost getting his job with benefits. Um, then we go to Alex and Rebecca. And the moment I was waiting for him, I was like, is is he going to tell her about the DEA? Or is he going to let her get called? And he, uh, he uh, tells her. He's like, BTW asked about this. They've asked about you. And she panics, of course, because she of just doesn't. And then she starts um, asking him again about the
1: yes. Um Matt, she starts freaking out and she says that she d- doesn't want to go to prison. And I go, No one wants to go to prison, but they also don't launder three million dollars.
0: Right, right. Yes, that's not like a normal thing people do. Right. Um, but yeah, and she's asking him again about the money, and she's like pressing and pressing him, and she he's just like, I don't have it. And I was like, you know he would probably have given it to her if she didn't act a fool. Like, if she was just rationally trying to talk about it, he probably would have been just like, you know what, yes, let's let's do this, let's take care of it. Be on your way. Because he was going to let Bob Harris go until he decided to kill him. So, like, you know, if he would have let him go, he would have let her go. So, then we go back to Norman. Who is thrilled to see... That Julian's back. Except that he is hella dazed. He's not speaking. He is drugged up. He is very sedated. Which is very sad. But he's also got a lot going on. Between.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh... Norman goes outside to go for a walk. And... <laughs> Norma's, like, sneaking through the woods to get there. And I was like, I don't think that's allowed, Norma. (laughs) I was like, pretty sure you have to, like, go through the front desk. I immediately,
1: immediately wrote, he's hallucinating. That was my next. It didn't. I without, And then, like, the whole conversation happens. And I just looked at my dad, who doesn't watch the show. And I go, she wasn't there. Just in case you thought that that happened, it didn't. And he was like, what are you, he was like, why are you sure? I go, oh, I'm, I'm sure. But like immediately I saw her and I go, she's not there. He's hallucinating. And then I was like, this question, and I was like, the show is making me question everything. Like, because then there were parts of the conversation that I was like, me, no, may me? Me? me, no, 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 not there, not there.
0: Yep. Yeah, I went back and forth a bit at first because I was like, oh, Norma. Cause like also like Norma climbing through the bushes to see Norman. Sure. And like the one
1: and the, the thing that she said that like was what he clung to when she was like, um, he's not there to make you feel worse, he's there to make you feel better. I go, that's literally not how therapy works.
0: Literally not how therapy works. But also like,
1: like that, but then I also was like, but I'm sure Norma would actually say that. Right. And then when she was
0: discouraging him about telling about his father, and I was like, that might be something she would say, though. Like, I know she wants him to heal, but also she's always had him shy away from that kind of stuff. Right. So, like, it was very strange. Like, by the end, I was convinced that she wasn't there. But it it did take me for a loop. Like, I had yes. to really think about it. mm mm-hmm. um, And then we do go to Real Norma. And Chick stops by while she's working on the motel. And he is so excited about this window. He's like, I have created a brand new window. It's going to be a masterpiece. He didn't say it quite like that. But he was like, this is yeah. going to be gorgeous. I have a new idea. He's like, I can't wait to show you. And she's like, oh, great. No problem. She's excited. She's, you know, whatever. He brings up Dylan and Caleb. And we learn about his ulterior motives. We knew. She learns about his ulterior motives. Yeah. And um, I was... I'm sure at first why he brought it up. So I was like, are you trying to, like, I thought he was trying to hurt her, but instead he's trying to hurt Caleb. So he's trying to build trust with her to go through her, I guess. Yeah. I was like, why are you telling her? But I guess that's why. And uh, he's also being, like, super cryptic about everything he's saying.
1: But he's also, like, very, he was like, oh, Caleb's your brother? And then I was like, fuck, because then I remember that he knew that Caleb was Dylan's dad. dad, But then he, because he also just, like, gets some type of way about it. And I was like, but you genuinely have no idea what you're doing. Like, I know that you think that you're doing something, but you don't, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so we go to Norman, who is offering his advice to others. Um, I don't remember who he was talking to now that I've written it down.
1: Oh, he was telling Dr. Edwards that he had a great day in group therapy this morning oh, because he yeah. offered advice to someone and he just felt like he was making connections and it feels good to feel good.
0: Yeah, I was like, I don't think you should be giving advice to anyone. Ever about anything. And then he... he starts talking about norma coming by and he's like oh and i was like okay well at least he like talked about it and Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah that wasn't possible
1: but no he did it in the best way like i i love this because he said um was it possible your mother wasn't he, he he said i'm gonna ask can i ask you a question that might make you really uncomfortable and he was like okay and he was like is it possible that you didn't actually get a visit from your mom
0: and he's like no and he's like okay well cuz she wasn't here yeah and he's like well he's like i he was like you monitor me you can he was like somebody's got to see it everyone knows what's going on go check everything and he's like you are monitored that's how we know she wasn't here and then he's like how dare
1: you monitor me and it's like yeah. what norman what do you think's happening <laughs> no and and but i think It was a really interesting moment because I think it's the first time, like, we know that Norman knows he blacks out, but that's the first time that Norman has a conscious understanding of the fact that not every conversation he's ever had with normal was real. Yes. And
0: on that note, we get a very subtle but obvious, in my opinion, change into Norma. And this is the first time... Yes.
1: I was going to say, it is subtle. It's obvious because we're now used to it, but it, it happens in such a subtle way. And it, But I think the most important thing about it was how immediately Dr. Edwards caught on and started talking to her as Norma. Or talking to him as Norma. I was like, I literally, my note says the fact that Dr. Edwards immediately caught on is why I simped for that man.
0: Yeah, and literally, this is the first time that someone has talked to Norman as Norma and not died. Because the only people who have seen him like that are the people he's killed.
1: The prostitute didn't die, but she also had no idea what was going on. Right, right.
0: So the only people that talked to her, talked to him as Norma, that knew he had, like, lost his mind, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so then he starts, uh, he kind of, like, turns into, like, a seductress version of Norma, which is very uncomfy. Yes. But uh, also very Norma. Yes. (laughs) Like, it totally makes sense Mm -hmm. that that's where he would go, because that's where she always goes. Right. um, He's just making me so icky when he's like, should I lie down? Should I do this? Should I do that? And Dr. Edwards is just so smart and he is just handling
1: everything a
0: hundred percent
1: like yeah the way she, she, she's like because no, hey, norma norma ad, norman Ab, norma is like if you want to know ever anything about norman you should go to the person who knows him the that that's and he in dr edwards is like and that's you like he doesn't question it he he right. does exactly what you're supposed to do with someone who is delusional and like accept their delusions enough to have a conversation with them Mm -hmm. but that's how you figure out how to remedy it yes
0: yep and then we have a brief moment where we go to alex and rebecca has drunkenly shown up at the sheriff's office and poor rebecca she's like You said you never would get married. You just didn't want to marry me. And I was like, totally get what you're saying. And that is very sad for you. But you can't do this.
1: (laughs) Like, Oh, no. I was mad at her. But also, um, she literally said, I should have known that when a man says, I don't want to get, I never want to get married. He just means I never want to marry you. And I felt that so fucking strongly because I dated this guy, dated in quotations, on and off for oh, God, mm-hmm. eight years and never once would he be make a commitment to me. He just dated everyone else. Yeah. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Should have known that when you said you'd be single forever you, or that you didn't want to date again, you literally just meant you didn't want to date me. I should have got it. Great. So I, would, I, I felt, I, I don't trust Rebecca. I don't like Rebecca, That's but I, I, I kind of felt for her. Right. In that
0: well, moment. it was one of those moments where like, we keep feeling bad for people that we also don't like on this show. Yeah. So we can still feel bad for her because That's it's true. true. Um, and then we, this is where I was trying to talk about earlier with Dylan and Emma. Yes. yes and he's oh because he's telling her about the whole job thing and he's like i'm gonna have benefits it's gonna be a really great gig and she's like congrats i'm proud of you and he's like well i don't have it yet but like they're just like super chill and then she's super upset about her scar so dylan starts showing all of his scars and like trying to make okay. her feel
1: better about it to be, to be fair i don't think she has any reason i mean i get it i get her whole thought process but also when she started to lift up her shirt for some reason, I was expecting there to be a scar, but there wasn't. She still fully has staples in and like not just a few, like she looks like fucking Frankenstein because there's so many staples left in her chest. So how do you even know what your scar is going to look like? Absolutely. That's, that's a little soon to be jumping to I hate my scar conclusions. You don't have a scar yet. You still have staples. You're basically
0: an open wound at this point. Correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. um but Dylan also tries to make her feel better and he's like this ones from, from when I got hit by a car and she's like don't get hit by any more cars I was like yeah yeah we're gonna try like blanket statement please don't get hit by any more yeah. cars
1: well and then she but so well then he starts did.
0: telling her about one of them and he has the dumbest accent I have ever heard in my life okay which like is probably Cutesy for them or whatever but I was like we cannot.
1: No, but when he makes that dumb accent, the scar that he is pointing to, she's like, what's that scar? Bitch, it's clearly an appendix scar. Like I have never seen a scar that like like obvious. That was the most obvious appendix scar I've ever seen, and I thought it was stupid that they made a big deal out of it.
0: Well, they were both just kind of being dumb, but she thought it was cute, and that's fine. He was—he was trying to make her feel better, so I guess he succeeded
1: in his own strange way. Yeah.
0: But if he never spoke in that accent again, it'd be okay. Um, and this is also when they talked about that they have to wait four to six weeks. Oh no, I said you know yeah. you have to wait for six weeks because he like. Takes off his shirt and starts making it with her. And I was like, you still have to wait four to six weeks.
1: Right. Like the doctor's orders don't just change because you decided you're comfortable with your body. Right. Like, that's not how that works. No.
0: no. Let me go to Norman and Alex. And Norma, again, is um, playing the piano, which is when she's happy, she plays the piano. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the name of the song. It's like "Zing" something or other.
1: A "Zing" one of the strings of my heart.
0: Yes, it was a very cute name. Mm-hmm. And um, she's telling him about the um, the window and everything. I'm so sorry, my my brain just like shut off for a second. She's right. telling him about the window, and she hasn't told him it's Chick
1: yet. And yeah, but I don't think I don't think that would even mean anything to him because Chick's not. Like, he goes from up at the farm. He's not. Right. So, from, I thought
0: at this moment it would have meant something to him. But then later, obviously, it does not mean anything to him.
1: Yeah. Um, no, but, oh, but she's, like, playing the piano. And he comes in and just, like, kind of watches her for a minute. And she goes, why didn't you tell me you were here? He goes, I didn't want to, like, interrupt you. Like, I wanted to listen. And I was like, that's so fucking cute.
0: Isn't it? Oh, so sweet. So sweet. Um, And then... He's like, everything's fixed, and he won't tell her it's Rebecca, which like I get, but we're telling the truth now, guys. Like, we're married now. I feel like we have to like lay it out in the open. hmm But fine. And uh then he's uh he he does tell her about is this when he tells her about Bob Paris? Yes.
1: Well, but by tell her he she says she is like, Did you kill Bob? And he just stops and she was like why and he was like i I had no choice and it's clear that he did it to protect her
0: right and she's like happy about it and i was like encouraging murder is bad norma like we have to get away from this murder is not the answer i know it seems to have been the answer a lot so
1: far so far so far it is actually the only correct answer on the show
0: yeah and uh but that's fine. So we leave them in their murder bliss and go back to Doctor Edwards and Norman, who is still at this moment Norma. And uh, I don't want to mix up my episodes. I'm so sorry. We prepared ahead for two episodes. Now I feel like I'm.
1: And this is, is this the
0: one moment. where he has a flashback? No, that-
1: no, no, no. He's not Norma in this moment. They're outside his. Oh. Okay, I know I that. They're outside scared. his room and he's like, I've
0: had a really bad headache. And he's like, that's what happens when you black out. And he's like, oh, and for a minute, I was like, is he still Norma in this scene? Because he had a weird look when Dr. Edwards walked away that was subtle. And I was like,
1: it was, but I couldn't tell, like, I couldn't tell what it was exactly. Right. Like, it was weird and that it was subtle, but it almost felt like he was just like, Happy to be having answers, like I couldn't tell if it if it was like a genuine happy or a Norma happy. Like it was, it was weird.
0: You know. So we leave him on this weird, weird smile thing he has going on. Yeah. And uh, go back to Norma, and she's just so happy about her marriage. And then Chick is back, and he tells her that he put together Caleb's story, and how he cool. is. Okay,
1: well, first, before he does, Mm -hmm. he says, I came here because I needed to talk to you because I felt like I was out of integrity with myself. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that is my new, that, he said it was his mantra. And I go, that is also my new mantra. I will not do anything that makes me feel out of integrity with myself.
0: You're frozen again. We're so close to the end of this episode. I know. So close.
1: So close. I know you can't hear me, but I can hear you. (sighs) Okay. I'm back, I think. Yes, you're back. You're back. Okay. I was like, I know you can't hear me, but I can hear you. I hate this. Thank you. Um, I apologize because this episode is going to be janky as shit. <laughs> We're trying our best. Um, but oh, so I was saying that's also going to be my life mantra now
0: that your integrity,
1: that I will never be out of integrity with myself. Excellent. That's a great one to have. I know, that's even a, though even though like he's not a very good person, like that's a it's, a, great it's a solid mantra.
0: Yeah. So while he's doing that, he's still talking about integrity the whole time, and he's like, "I found out about who Caleb really is. Like, I need to know where he is and all this stuff." And he's like, "Don't you want to be have integrity with your person?" And she's just like, stop, 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 and I and he just starts like going off about it. And I was like, I was like, chick, you've crossed too many lines. Like, it's yes. one thing to know about it; it's another thing to like push against someone's trauma.
1: Yes, I agree, absolutely. But then he says something, and in the scene, he says something that I don't think I knew before this episode, and I also don't even know if I know if it's true but it changed a lot of my opinion on the way he was acting about things because Chick tells her the reason he's so intent on finding Caleb is that Caleb took his wife and child. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if he actually did, that's mad fucked up.
0: So I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was saying that he took his ability to make money and when he didn't, he stopped making money, his wife and child left. Oh, I that's the way I understood it.
1: Oh, the way I understood it was that like straight up Caleb took his wife and child.
0: Oh, I don't think so. I don't think that was it. I think it was that he took his ability to work and do everything and so he was losing his livelihood and his wife and child just left.
1: Oh see, I did not understand it that way at all. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. But uh Yes. No. I would if Caleb had took his wife and child. I would also be less concerned about his hostility towards Norma right now. Right. And I. I mean, he was the result of them leaving. But I don't. It wasn't like a. Kid. But, but
1: no. But but if he didn't. Though, yeah, he I
0: don't know. Saying, he did start it by saying that like he couldn't run a business or something, and so they left him.
1: Oh, I thought he literally like because he literally said and he yeah. took. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh well.
0: Um. Yeah, and he just tells her he's just looking for Caleb to go find him, and he's like, "Don't you want to do something about this too?" And uh, she's like, "I'm really not going to do this." And he
1: leaves for now. Was that the end of the episode? It was the end of the episode. That was but a very she- sudden thing. It, no, because it, it wasn't, he didn't just leave. What he said that it ended on was he told her, he's like, oh, you're married to a sheriff and that's a public official. You wouldn't want him. Didn't he tell her that? He
0: said something, but my, I, put, I wrote down, does he not realize she's married to the sheriff? And so I was like, I don't remember exactly what he
1: said. No, it must not have been that. He must have said something later that I wasn't yeah. mad about.
0: I don't know. Probably he does a lot of things that make me mad. Yeah. Um. But yeah. This so while this was a good episode and set a lot of stuff up, it did end pretty suddenly for me. At least I was like, "Oh, See, it's over now."
1: I didn't think so. I felt the tension of like it wasn't like it wasn't like a cliffhanger as in like a plot moment. Like we all yeah. saw it coming, but it had a good emotional buildup of like when Chick was like rising in anger and like in that moment, I was like. Like catching my breath with Norma, so I don't think it was the worst That's ending.
0: Fair. I mean, it wasn't the worst. It just caught me off guard. Um, but yeah, so um, that was our episode. Um, yeah, we made it through. I do not have any trivia for you. I am so sorry. Nothing interesting happened.
1: That's okay.
0: Um, aside from like you know the show, but uh, yeah. So who? Do you want to punch in the face? I want to
1: punch in the face. Tick.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been one.
1: Um, but since you picked
0: him, I picked Norman because he's starting to be manipulative.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Norman.
0: Yeah. Um, who's your MVP?
1: My MVP is Doctor Edwards.
0: I mean, of course, he is the obvious choice. He is the yeah. One. He is the MVP of this show so far. Um right. but since you picked him, I picked Dylan because I love Dylan, and
1: he's just so sweet. He's trying so yeah.
0: hard to be like a real. And keeper. that that job
1: interview was pretty badass. So
0: yeah, a great interview. So very proud of him. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I hope you hung in there with us even through our technical difficulties. This was a good episode. I think we said good things about it. I, I think don't know. So.
1: Oh I'm very stressed out. I apologize, for everyone.
0: It's fine, but yeah, we love you all, and uh, we will uh be back. Oh no, you can if you want to talk to us about that. If you have uh suggestions for Wi-Fi signal boosters, <laughs> however, we need to just hang in there. If you have suggestions for just hanging in there,
1: yes, please. You want
0: to do, email us deathandaliens at gmail you can find us on all the social media at Death and Aliens. You can find me at cecloud13,
1: and you can follow me everywhere at E-N-K-A-Y underscore superstar. So um, we're gonna end our episode as abruptly as Bates ended theirs, so.
0: and we'll see ya for Sci-Fi Sunday. Bye.
1: Yeah.